I am unashamed. What about you? Yeah, so we were so we were watching these kids play rugby, but they learned from youth, you know. And yeah. look, they were getting after it and tackling. I mean, I, was, I think I'm on post post resurrection. I'm going to get into rugby. <laughs> Once I'm you're in, way too skinny. You, you would never make it. You'd be broken in if half. I'm indestructible <laughs> and imperishable. I it, then would think that that would be something I'd like. Every I, rugby player I've seen was built woo, like a refrigerator. That's just right. thick, thick legs, thick body. I mean, those oh, guys yeah. put their heads down <laughs> and hit each other with no pads. I mean, they got a little skinny 1935 looking helmet <laughs> and. <laughs> if they even have a helmet, what gets me? Is, what get, what gets me is is we're all this. The NFL is going all these cushion shocks and oh, yeah. pro, protocols, and, for, and I get it. I mean, a lot of people have been messed up by, but it's like these people are still just old school. I mean, they're just head button with. Does that originate with the Brits? Is that you know it, maybe because it seems like. It's in a lot of their territory. I thought the Romans might be involved. <laughs> it could be. It seems kind of gladiatorish. <laughs> it's fun to watch. I, mean, I don't There's know anything. There's something manly about it that I really like, though. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, hey. The NFL is beginning to uh, add to their repertoire of tricks. This mass of humanity just get behind it. <laughs> and, and it reminded me of the rugby guys. Yeah, you know they 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 get a running back and he won't go down. Well, they begin to get stacked up and then directly yeah. it's just a horde. They got that from rugby. You know, yeah, years yeah. in the NFL was you know, against the rules the, to push. Right. I'm oh like, yeah. Why is that against the rules? Right. And then they changed it. They, they implemented did. it. I thought it made the game better. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Because if a guy won't go down and you got three hanging on him. Then these big linemen begin to push. You know, you start out there on about the eight-yard line, but you know, yeah. they, and they go on in. I mean, yeah. they, they just, people getting trampled. Well, it and, fires up the crowd. It's always funny, the little running back then, which they're not little, but compared to the guys pushing them, they're small. Yeah, you, don't the, you don't even see his, the running back. He, he's in the middle of the yeah, He's pounding his heart like, yeah, I won't go down. I was like, well, it helped. You had five 350-pound <laughs> trees pushing you. Well, it's it's like, something about the the weight and the momentum. There's power in that. That's right. You know? well, we, well, our old pal that's from here, from West Monroe, Andrew Whitworth, he played at West Monroe, then he played at LSU, and he's been in the pros for like almost – 15-plus years. Oh, he's had yeah. an amazing career. Wow. But that man, I mean, when you meet him, I mean, he's like 6'8", about 320. He's a bull. He is a bull of a man. And look, he's yeah. quick on his feet. That's why he's always playing that the guard, the quarterback's blind side. That's his position. He suffered an injury last year, I think it was, or yeah. a year before. But, I mean, he's, he's been, back. He's hadn't, back. Been, hadn't been injured much. You know, how, no. you know how I met him? I was playing golf in a foursome. And a single came up behind us. I was like, "Us, oh, let this guy play through." Because people know that you know it with me. I don't like letting singles play through. Right? Because I'm like, go get some friends. I mean, <laughs> why? Why? It's it's golf Saturday. Is, golf is a communal game. <laughs> yeah, You're right. it's yeah. Saturday. Because I wouldn't go by myself. But they're like, "Well, how come you wanting to let him play through?" I was like, "That guy, he's like six seven. I didn't know who he was. Yeah, like he's like six seven, three hundred pounds." I'll let you go through. <laughs> I don't want an altercation, <laughs> you know, over that. Well, we say come play through. Well, it was Andrew Whitworth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I just ripped you because I was like, go get some friends. And he's like, well, I don't have too many days off. You know, I was like, would you like to play with us? And he's actually pretty good guy. Oh, he's pretty solid. So that's how, that's how I he has a he has a tournament every year, local tournament where they raise money for charity. It's called the Big Wit. And, yeah, and they raise a lot of money. He's a, a wonderful person. In fact, I think he's his wife is from out here. She lives out in this area because yeah. I I met her on an airplane. He went to the same high school I did, West right. Monroe High School. And so. he was he has been a star oh, at every he's level. A force, he was know. a force to be. Oh, with. to be that big and young and just push people around, <laughs> right. get out of my way. You know, <laughs> it had to be fun. His beard is beginning to get, become gray, gray. Yeah. But he's still going. He's still going. He's still pushing those people around, which is pretty impressive. I'll introduce our guests. We got talking about rugby. Well, yeah, that we were talking about it off camera. So John Kerr is here with us today, and John is um, uh, from San Antonio, Texas. 
And, and San Angelo, uh, San Antonio and San Angelo. All right. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he has had a, a long career. You said at media, started when you were 16 years old? Started in radio when I was 16, yeah. So did you do a radio show? I did. It wasn't a very good one. You were from Arkansas originally, right? I, this was in Arkansas, yeah. Which I was even surprised because I don't know how old you are, John, but at 16, do they even have a lot of radios in Arkansas? You know, Arkansas. <laughs> Kind of, I mean, somehow I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, they're our neighbors to the north. We love them, but you know. Well, to, to answer that, I had to drive like twenty-five miles to get there. So yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so then you wind up getting in media. Now you've been more in marketing and that type of thing, right? As you've spent a lifetime in right. that. So what was interesting about your story, which I think our, our podcast listeners would like, because a lot of people have been impacted by the podcast or even by us, maybe an event somewhere they, you know, saw us speak or whatever. And you kind of had the similar story, um, of, of what kind of helped you, you know, have a, a close relationship with Christ. So I want to just tell the, to the audience about that. Of course you were, you were a left winger in your youth, which was yeah. another interesting thing. Cause dad, we've talked about a lot when we did, before we did theft of America's soul, sort of the genesis of the book, was dad calling me up one day and he had taught a Bible class here or something. He said, he said, Al, have you ever converted a left winger? <laughs> I was like, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I have. I, I mean, I, I said, we, we speak in a lot of places. I'm sure somebody has been impacted. Yeah. That was a, a left winger. And Bill and I had a few arguments about this. <laughs> I was like, don't put people in boxes. Well, dad has kind of moved on for that. But the, yeah. that was the, the idea of that book was, was kind of that started there which I thought was interesting. And then you were uh, a, a self-described left-winger and, and media, which, of course, is a, a lot of bias there, as, as we've all noticed, and you said the same thing. Yeah. And so I just thought it was interesting in sort of how you came to that, being being there, and then you know hearing Dad the first time and how that faced. So just tell the audience a little bit about that, about how that came to be. Well, of course, yeah, that's, that, that's a really good uh, summation kind of, to where you know I get to the the point of of hopefully uh, uh, finding some uh, some clarity, but yeah, I mean I was uh, I would say the the quintessential modern day mainstream media guy. Yep. Uh, and you know without going into a ton of details, I mean of course I, a product of you know the the policymakers and the topics of the day and and uh, the things that. Uh, uh, we did in order to uh, to cover the news and and just in order to push that uh, machine forward. Um, and I guess I'd always considered myself to be a casual Christian. Yeah, uh, I, I I believed, but I was always looking for that personal experience that everybody spoke about. Yeah. Your dad and I were talking about that earlier. Uh, you know, I, and I guess I thought at some point it would just happen. Yeah. You know, I, I'd wake up one day at, you know, there would be my personal experience. Um, and it just hadn't. Um, and so my wife, uh, bought, uh, a couple of tickets to an event, uh, in San Antonio, my brother-in-law and I went and you and your dad and mom, uh, were all there. It was at John Hagee's church. I, I still remember the event. So like 10,000 men were mostly men. I think it was a men's I night. I think it was called Men's Night Out. Right, right. Yeah. It yeah. was very electric. I mean, some events, you know, I, in my mind, they stand yeah. out, and that was one. Well, it, yeah, it was it, it was a big night, yeah. and it was it was a huge event, and uh, the crowd was, was really pumped. And, of course, Phil was doing a really good job of, of providing the message and, and talking about, you know, how, how to get to Jesus and— God's plan for for all of our salvation, but he got to a point in there, and I think I, the thing I would preface this by saying is that I had I knew a lot about organized religion. It wasn't that I just had my my head in the sand, uh, but I really didn't understand what the mechanisms were in order to to really have a relationship with Christ. Mm. So a lot of the things that I'd heard many, many times in my life, it were just like flipping pages. They really didn't 
didn't mean that much to me. Yeah. Um, but your dad was talking about uh, how you know God gave us Christ, and he was talking about getting your hands on God. Hmm. And when he said, you don't get your hands on God unless he wants you to have your hands on him. Hmm. And it just, it was like one of those moments to where I was like most of the people in the crowd I was filming with with my camera and then my my hands like this because I was like never in my life have I ever heard it presented that way mm -hmm. how you know yeah. the, the sacrifice right so that was a huge huge moment for me so it caused a lot of uh, reflection yeah. about you know kind of where I'd been and what I was doing. And uh, immediately, you know, I, I started looking at some things and, and I just said, what am I doing? Hmm. You know, what am I doing? How did I, how did I get here? Right. And maybe this really is, uh, you know, a plan for me. And so then I started working on it and I started reading scripture and I started, you know, thinking about how to, love God and how to love my neighbor. You know, that was one of the things about the podcast that I always really enjoyed and, and always remembered if I couldn't remember the specific scriptures, you know, was love God, love your neighbor. If you love God and love your neighbor, you know, things will, will generally be okay. So that's kind of where I started. But once I had that realization, um, I just moved forward and, and I, I made a commitment and I sat down one day and I thought, you know, if nothing else, maybe this will be a therapy. I thought, I'm going to write Phil Robertson a letter. So I got a legal pad and sat down and wrote a letter and said, this is who I am. This is where I come from. This is my story, so to speak. Um, and I had, you know, been a regular podcast listener slash viewer at that point and of course you know i was certainly aware of the show and and uh, but i just i felt compelled i felt led to to write that letter uh, and again to be quite honest i never thought i'd hear from from anyone and i don't know a month or so goes by and then i got an email from you yeah. uh, but as a part of the letter uh, you know i said i'm a former left winger and <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not going to say that probably I'm not going to say that that was probably a good line <laughs> yeah. to get through well I, you just don't see that very often well, well and we had been that that's what was compelling i mean like cuz we get a lot of letters obviously and appreciate and we you can't get to everybody but we were in that mode when you sent that of having those discussions about our culture and our country. Right. And, it, and it was compelling that you were reaching out, but you had obviously come to some place. Right. Because now you were seeking. Mm. And and yeah. this is why I wanted you to tell your story on the podcast, because so many people, you know, have to have the veil lifted before right. they can seek. And that's what happened to you in that moment. And to, and to clarify what he's saying, what he called discussions, we have, you know, as a family, which I like about our family, we have knockdown drag outs arguments. And <laughs> I was hot. I was hot over this issue of, you know, I don't like to categorize. To me, the two categories are you're in Jesus or you're outside of Jesus. You're, you know, you're, you're, you've surrendered or you have it, right. you know, to Christ. And so I'm like, because when you look at Saul slash Paul, I said many times, I mean, the man was a Christian terrorist and God chose him to be the voice to the Gentile world. I'm like, <laughs> you just wouldn't think that would be the guy, That's which right. tells me, though, anybody and everybody God loves and he can use. Now, whether they come to that realization that you did, and thankfully so, because now you probably look, once you get on the other side of it, you're like, Oh, what? Wow. 
Way, this is way better with way more benefits. <laughs> and, and what took me to so long, but I, you know, again, I think it's, you know, it just has to be that time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I, I, I wrote the letter and, and said, Hey, former left winger and you know, what I'd really like to do. And again, you have to understand and, and temper, you know, this w- with the fact that I, I really never thought I was going to hear anything. It was, it really was therapy. Hang, hang on. Let's take a break, John. So I'm in line the other night meeting people at a, at the event, and this I said, "What do you What do you do?" And this guy was like, "I build houses." And so I immediately quoted Hebrews three four: "Every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything." And he's like, "I think I may use that in my marketing." <laughs> Almost like you, you know, can I use that? Yeah, I was like, you know, I think it's universal (laughs) if it's in the Bible. Use it. So, well, Des, you need to come up with a verse for uh, people that steal your home title because one of our sponsors, Home Title Lock, has found out that this one of the biggest cyber crimes is going on. These people, basically, a thief forges your signature on a quick claim deed. And then they say they sold your home to him, and he leaves you in debt, and he evicts you out of your own house. Yeah. It's happening. So I don't know. Is there a verse for that? Yeah. If you build it, they will try to steal it. <laughs> that may be the second book of opinion. Well, if you, uh, if you, if you don't have a Bible verse, go to HomeTitleLot.com. Register your address. Make sure you're not already a victim. Uh, then sign up for 30 free days of protection. Uh, just to check these guys out. So that's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code RADIO. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. In the letter, uh, you know, at, at the close of the letter, I said, you know, what I'd really like to do is I'd like to come to West Monroe and I'd like for you to baptize me, Phil. And so... Again, this is part of the therapy. Uh, never going to hear back. A few weeks later, uh, I get an email from you that says, Dad read your letter. You know, he'd, he'd like for you to come down. So I did. Uh, got treated with some great Miss K's, you know, <laughs> food and, and spent a good deal of time uh, with Phil talking about, you know, where I'd been and where – I was and and where I was going, yeah. and so uh, that was it was all. It's just kind of a a, a strange story, uh, but it's real and yeah. it happened, and it's really been a, a life changer for me. Yeah, thank God. And if you think about it, what what comes to mind because I was discussing who Jesus is and how he get how he how he got here. And you go all the way back to Genesis 3, the seed of a woman will crush Satan. You're like, someone from a woman, born of a woman, well, it almost sounds like some human is going to come forth at some time in the future to solve what y'all have created here by disobeying me and sin has entered the world. Well, if you just start there and you go all the way through, all the prophets, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. I was just making the point, in order to be saved and have a sacrifice for sin, how would God do that so that we would see it and say, so that's how this is. He becomes a human, right? the God of heaven. You're like, man, talk about, I like Philippians 2, a step down all of a sudden, he's coming to serve, and like Hebrews 2 in there, he's shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. That was the overarching, we were at the phase in the gospel of how in the world does this work? God shows up <clears throat> and in a three-day period, solves the whole thing yeah. by his death, and his resurrection three days later. So it it is the wildest story. And <clears throat> that's what that's what pricked of Kerr's heart. That's what it pricked his heart. Yeah. John looked at that and said, wait a minute here. He said, Good grief. 
they, he's, he's allowed them to brutalize him for their sins, right. <clears throat> including the murder of him. Right. That's what'll save you. Right. You look at it and you say, man, how in the world did God and his wisdom dream that one up? Well, which is why you have to, you're right, that the, the humanity of Jesus and the idea that God really did come here is the only way you can build that bridge to a relationship to mm -hmm. be with him personally. Otherwise, if you, it's always abstract. You mentioned it, right. you know, and in churches, so many times people just get caught up in the abstract idea of Jesus instead of knowing who he is, yeah. why he came what he did for me. That's that's what makes it personal. And John's a great story because when it gets down to the kingdom of God and our belonging to Christ, let's face it, Al, I erroneously in my younger days thought it was uh, us against them, the wings. Yeah. But the more, the older I get, I finally realize there's no wing here. Yeah. There's no wing at all. It's just like Jay said, you want to put your faith in Christ or not? I mean, we we all have sinned and we're all going to die. What then? Yeah. I mean, the wings are not going to make much difference to, to God at all. And seekers are seekers, you know. And, and sure, you know, everybody is is a beggar, you know, who found bread. When you find the bread of life, yeah, this transcends all wings, all wings, because the the world's full of wings right. for whatever cause they're jumping up and down about. But when it comes right down to it, say, well, look. We all have sinned. We've all going to die. What then? Right. Your wings are not going to help you. That's what the world does. That's the biggest difference. They, there's a month and a day for every kind of group known to man. <laughs> it's like, let's all notice our difference. Choose sides. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're trying to bring people together. No, you're not. No, not. You, you keep noticing any little thing that's different, whether <laughs> that's right. it's skin We have a narrative. You have one. To, and unless yeah. you embrace ours, you're out. And unless you embrace uh, and you go down that road and you say, does any of that remove sin? Uh, uh, what? Remove what? You say, like sin and death. They're like, no, we're not. Well, sin is a taboo word in our culture because it's in the Bible. And I'm, it's a scary word to people. They're like, well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to familiarize myself with that with that word. So how about, have you ever made a mistake? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you've said, but it's just the terminology matters in our culture because they don't want to view people as, well, we're all sinners, which would be a good way to view people in that now we, we have something in common. That, let's get together on Think things we have in common. All four of us now, all four of us, just these four, you said, it's, you're part of a community mm -hmm. of believers. Your faith in Jesus, and yeah, 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 comes your way. You're like, hey, you don't hold against them. I, I, you know, you know, just born of Jesus, and just don't get tangled up <clears throat> in man-made constructs that will get you nowhere. But arguments, right? Well, the whole point we've been talking about Romans one through three is that there's no one righteous, not one. So, and we've been talking about all these different groups of people that Paul illustrates with oh, I mean. and so then wouldn't you say the same thing today just because we're christians because we understand the kingdom of god we want to open that door for anybody that seeks and searches sure and so we don't wall anybody off yeah i know? think it's just the world misses the reality because like you were saying when you look back on your life and think you know you can see jesus in these moments and uh i was talking about being at that zach williams concert you know we were talking about that song he, he came out with this song. He sang with Dolly Parton. You know, there was Jesus. And at first when I saw the title, I was thinking, well, shouldn't that be is? Because Jesus said, I am. You know, that, that was his, because he really is. That's why it says Hebrews 13, 80, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But from our perspective, we do go back and we realize, oh, there were there were seeds planted along the way Absolutely. that that we all start saying, oh, I, I, I get. So that, I think that's why the song is successful. Having said that, the more you study and the more you have this community, you do start realizing what gives us boldness and courage is, is that there is Jesus. Yeah, I mean, he's present. 
He's he's real. He is the I am. I mean, all of a sudden, when you start looking at it like that and realizing he's fully aware with what I'm doing in every moment of every day, when that starts becoming real, well, transformation starts happening quickly. It does. Because you're no longer now thinking that because you go to your room and lock the door that somehow God doesn't see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's how we play. The, it's really embarrassing because you'll see people go to a church, they'll sing and act a certain way, and walk 100 feet, go in the car, and cuss their wife out. <laughs> you're like, what happened to all this Jesus stuff? <laughs> you know. And the kids are looking around like, well, did God go to sleep, take a nap after the service? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to people. And I think that's the, one of the biggest you know, problems in, in, in the religious world. Well, you know, one of the things that, that Phil said early on, it, because he would write me a little note of encouragement, you know, mm. and he, but he said when, when I was here the first time after he baptized me, he said, you know, this is a process. Yep. And so don't be too tough on yourself, but, you know, just understand time. it's yeah. not like, you know, flipping a, a light switch. Yeah, it and does. It, it does take time. Let's take another break, John. So one of my favorite uh, new sponsors uh, for the podcast is a group called Faithful Counseling. And basically they offer counseling uh, in a lot of different ways for you to be able to see these guys and see the counselors and get some help. Counseling was a big part of mine and Lisa's recovery from a lot of stuff in our lives. So I highly recommend counseling, especially when you just can't get past some problems in your family or relationships. Anything you say with these guys is is confidential. Uh, they've got 3,000 licensed therapists across the 50 states. They have four different modes. You can do text, chat, phone, or video, um, which is really great. So it's it's secure, it's convenient, it's professional, it's affordable. So we highly recommend these guys faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. That's how you get to them. You get 10% off just being a an unashamed listener, uh, which is really good for your first month of, of your counseling. So faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. You, you're going to go on their website. You're going to fill out a questionnaire, see how they can help assess your needs, and they're going to get you matched with a counselor that you'll love. faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. Get some help today. What I loved about you, John, is in a lot of people I've seen this. So when they they find that personal relationship and then start it, you were just feasting on you wanted more. You know, you were like you got into the word of God. And so I was sending you some of our studies from some of our guys that that trained us, you know, because you were wanting to do that deep dive, you know, into the scriptures. And I, I love that because that's what happens that's the way we should be. We, we should be sponges for, that's why we do this podcast. I mean, we, we talk about the Bible because we want, I know there's people out there that can't wait to listen. Right. And I hear about them, you know, I see them, talk to them every week. It's like, you know, I can't wait for the thing to download. And then I'm, I'm at right. work and I'm listening and, you know, I'm, right. I'm getting it. So that's why we do what we do, you know, because that's our community that dad mentioned, you know. We're, We're here to help, uh, but I read this morning for John, there to just remember, solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Yeah. That you, you, you look at that and you step back from it, you say it's a process that you continue to go through the rest of your days on earth. Yeah. Making sure you can distinguish good from evil because once that gets, uh, once that gets, Complex and gets gets bent over. You're like it's not. It doesn't end well, right? You know, there is self training that has to go on. Others are there to encourage, to help, but you say each man or woman has to make a decision, and they 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 are the catalyst of their own life. You can't make somebody do something. You can warn them. You can holler, but you say. Well, what it all comes down to is each person will stand there before God yeah. to answer for what they've done. Right. That's <clears throat> exactly right. And, of course, uh, another thing that's interesting about you, John, to me, because you understand the media so well because you spent most of your life involved in it. But I got a note yesterday from a, um, Ken Harrison, who's the main guy at Promise Keepers. And so they're so excited. They're finally getting to have their big 
event, they were trying to get 80,000 men, you know, in, in a Cowboy Stadium just for an event to praise God and also just to challenge and encourage each other. But he sent me a, 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 a hit piece from USA Today yesterday, some football writer, you know, basically trying to cancel them you know, trying to get AT&T and, and the Cowboys to not let them do it because they say, you know, they're, they they don't believe in gay marriage, blah, blah, blah. They have their whole list of stuff. But I just thought, you know, I mean, it's a good thing they're trying to do, but that's what it triggers. Then somebody somewhere says, you know what, we got to put a stop to that. These people don't need – so he was trying to go at it from the corporate way. I mean, AT&T shouldn't have their name associated with a group, a hate right. group like that. And I, it just reminded me of how the evil one works, and he does it a lot through media. And Jace is right on both sides. I mean, certainly a lot of the right-wing stuff is just meant to stir people up, and it's about dividing people and not bringing them together. But I would want people to have events where, where they're trying to encourage. I mean, the, Ken and his group is doing a great well, thing. Well, maybe. What, what do you think the the media, I mean, since that's where you, you were, I mean, what is the agenda or how would you explain that from your perspective? Because I really don't know. I kind of stay away from it, honestly. I mean, do you have any thoughts of what the problem is or the solution? Well, you know, certainly the dynamics of, you know, world politics and those who are, you know, are, are running their respective parties and, and that sort of thing have changed and, and will continue to evolve. Uh, I don't think the, the polarization that, that, that's talked about so much and the divisiveness and the drawing lines in the sand and all that stuff, I don't really think that's uh, as new as a lot of people think it is. Mm-hmm. It's just that we've got these little black boxes in the way that we communicate in real time you know, yeah. a- across the world has has changed. Yeah. You know, the, the digital age has really changed our awareness levels. Yeah, um, and it used to be news just came on once a day. Now it's twenty four hours a day, or pretty you know. And if you get alerts, like you said, it, it's just constant. And, and even some of the ways people get their news is strictly through a social media platform. I started to say social media is huge. Yeah, yeah. Which, which what, there's no real standards anymore. I mean, not what you were when you were younger. I mean, there were standards you had to hold. Right. We had to have we had to have a who, what, why, when, and where, and a couple of sources. Yeah. I mean, even if you were writing it from a little bit of a slanted angle, you know, you're, and anyone that says that that they haven't done that is not being honest. Right. But mm. uh, but even if you were doing it from that perspective. Uh, it wasn't just pure editorialism, yeah. you know, that you have now. You know, it it, it 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 at least had, you know, the basic facts involved. But I think really, you know, again, I don't think the dynamics ha- have changed because technology has changed it and because of the way that we, we talk to each other across borders and around the globe and, you know, again, in real time. So, and that that probably has has done as much as anything else to stoke the fire and to create mm-hmm. and then you know you start off with a little fire here and then you know it it just continues to grow things become viral and something that you know 20 years ago nobody would have ever even heard about or known about suddenly is you know a, a wildfire yeah right. it seems like to me that you got the two sides mainly you know the red or blue or however you want to do it. And whatever comes out, it's like a narrative is formed on how we're going to deal with it. And then you just put that on your side's light. I mean, it seems like to me what the truth is about it really is optional. I mean, is that a good take on it? Or (laughs) I mean, that's because that's the way I perceive it. It's like no matter what comes out, the two sides are going to look at you wait for the initial response and they're like, but none of these people all got in a room, but they kind of feed off each other into how we're going down this road. Well, you, well, I know you've done this, but I mean, if you flip back and forth, if you're watching television, if you flip back and forth from one network to the other, regardless of what, what's your, your area of, of primary interest is you're going to see you know, maybe that's a water bottle and maybe it's not. Maybe it's you know, <laughs> so, you I, know. I like the idea. This Jack. is not a water <laughs> bottle of optional truth. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's take another break. Well, I will say one thing that I, I think is fair. At least, obviously, we're all right leaners. 
but but I, I do think we get a more fair shake for our view, which is a biblical view. Absolutely. More on the right side than on the left. And for a lot of different reasons. I think some of it is just kind of the idea about trying to be so inclusive that you just can't speak truth into culture. And that's a problem. I mean, you know, you, but the, the issue is, just like this guy did in the piece yesterday, which I read, is they immediately put the hate tag on you because you believe the Bible. And so that's a hard thing to get around because you really don't, because we, we don't hate. I mean, we love people. That's why we do what we do. Every one of us is sacrificing so much of our lives to try to reach people. You don't do that because you hate people. And so you get that tag, and when the tag comes in, then that's when the whole cancel cancelization process starts. Well, it's like so it's, that verse in First John 4 says, this is love. Because I really think we do agree on both sides that, that love is a good thing. Yeah. But it says this is love, not that we love God. It's it's not from our perspective. It's that he loved us and gave his son for us. And it's kind of like what you were saying that spoke to your heart when Phil was speaking. That's what you realize. Most of us think, oh, this is our life. I'm going to do what I want to, or I'm going to be on this side of things or that side. And then all of a sudden one day you hear, you know, it's not really about me. I didn't choose to be here. You hear something that makes sense from a creation standpoint right. and, mm-hmm. and an origin, and all of a sudden, you know, from a historical viewpoint, it makes sense. Then from a spiritual perspective, it makes, you know, what what who Jesus is and what he did makes more sense than we give it credit for right. once we kind of combine our decisions and how we view the, the life. That's why I've always said there's not two sides in our world and a fence in the middle. And we like some people, because that's what they'll do. They say, well, I'm independent. I'm going to ride the fence. But there's no fence in God's pasture. We're all human beings. He, that's why Jesus, I believe, had a bad reputation. And it's quoted in Matthew 11, because he went around with all people. He he was after all people. He loved all people. And so, you know, some of the religious people said, well, you can't be religious because you're look who you're hanging out with. And so... That's what I, I've said. If you're if you're if you're sitting on the fence, you're in the wrong pasture. <laughs> human race type stuff. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, one race, human yeah, race. Yeah, human race. Yeah. So and we talk about whether something's love or hate, you know, it, people seek at, at different times. I mean you had you were there in that moment. God mm-hmm. had prepared for you and then you were finally open. So for me, I was uh, just turned seventeen years old thought I knew everything, and Dad sat me down and basically just said, if you're going to live the way you're living, you can't do it here. Now, you look back and say, well, that that was a hateful thing to do for his 17-year-old son, just to challenge him like that. You can't live this way. But looking back on it, he was right. It was a loving thing for him to do. I was out of control. My life was out of control. The things I was doing were out of control. I mean, it was, it was just amazing that I didn't you know, father some child or do you know, a lot of other stuff. So, Dad, that wasn't hate speech. No. That was love speech. That was a son who he wanted desperately to seek, but I wasn't ready. And so yesterday we talked about the prodigal son. I was the younger son that I took off. And then it, it took me getting being brought to my knees before my scales came off like you. And I mm. finally said, you know what? <laughs> It wasn't so bad back up in West Monroe. You know, th- this sucks in New Orleans because th- this guy tried to kill me today. And so I was like, I got to get, I got to go back. And so I did just like the kid did. And dad, to his credit, was just like the father. He welcomed me. He didn't berate me. He didn't say, all right, here's the list of rules. He just said, well, I knew you'd get it straight, son. Welcome home. So I was ready, but it was the same person. And that's not hate. That's love. I mean, that's what we do in love. And so when you we try to teach somebody from the Bible that this lifestyle you're in is destroying you or destroying the people you love, that's not hate speech to tell them, look, God doesn't want you to stay there. Like he he loves you too. I mean, he loves you because he made you, but he doesn't he loves you too much to leave you in a bad situation. And it was the same thing with me. So that was my moment. We happened to share the same person. You know, who showed us right. the way, which is powerful. You yes. Know? Yes, it is. So, and I'm I, I just think the media gets too much credit. I mean, Jesus decided to come at a time where there wasn't mass media. They didn't have TVs. They didn't have social media. And that those group of men, 
Now, granted, they were motivated, and there weren't as many people here back then right. as there are now. But according to Colossians 1, they preached Jesus to every person. They pretty much on, got around to everybody. On the planet. <laughs> and you say, well, what was their media, what was their plan? Loud voices. <laughs> <laughs> Boats. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's it. Poor, they, poor they, cities. Poor, they go and raise their voice. That was the original uh, social media, right? It was. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, we we kind of laugh about it, but really, when you think about it, the power of what who we are in Jesus is that we can go into a community, into a neighborhood, into a house, and in times of struggle or catastrophe you know with hurricanes and all the you know as the body of christ you move on a daily basis and you're with people and you spread the love of of god which is all good i mean everything jesus did even the other side i think will agree with this was righteous and holy there's no maliciousness in anything he ever did he helped all people no matter what they had done or who they were or where they're from and I think that that's uh, that's the way it's supposed to happen. So you know, when you feel overwhelmed by the media, or or if, I, th- I think if you're just sitting there watching and you're getting angry or upset, and you you got to keep things in perspective here. That that's they make money from people watching, and well, they they tell what you want to hear. That's 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 yeah. why you gather there. But if you want to change the world, you're gonna do it as the hands and feet of Jesus in in your community and, and in neighborhoods. And I believe that's where the power you know, the we have in Jesus. To, to Hang on, Dan, let's take one last break. The one who came to save the world, talk about some issues. They, they all had rallied against him. John came, Jesus is talking, neither eating nor drinking because he's out robbing beehives and eating <laughs> grasshoppers. And so, so, so you can't get him on the food <laughs> laws. So he came doing it, and they say he has a demon. He's demon-possessed. Mm-hmm. That was John the Baptist, the greatest man, Jesus said, who ever lived. Yep. And then Jesus went on to say the Son of Man came eating and drinking. He'd go down there, drink a glass of wine with him, hanging around the, the downtrodden. Yep. So and they they saw that they said, look at who he's running with. I mean, look who he because they they thought they were way above it. He said, "Here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. He's a friend of people who sin, <laughs> like they never did. Right. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. Hmm. Well, so Phil, Jesus said uh, they have formed a narrative." And they say I'm a glutton and a drunkard because I'm down here with the rednecks, yep. as I, I would say. <laughs> I'm running with the rednecks. Well, I guess and, these would be brown necks. But yeah, 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 or brown necks. <laughs> yeah. but, but you see the point. In other words, he was hanging around people, not the religious people. Right. He was out there with the rank and file, and they said, look at that. Yeah. See, he's a drunk. You know, he said, no. But he actually, uh, you know, you, That's you, pretty interesting, you read that, but what – Right before he said that, it's kind of a, I think, a media uh, idea of we're supposed to feel a certain way or we're supposed to pick a side. Because right before he said that in 16, he said, what can I compare this generation, which this generation had no technology and all that, but look how they base their opinion according to Jesus. He said, they are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to to others we played the flute for you, and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. Then he says, for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. I mean, he was basically comparing it to, you're not acting the way we think you should be acting. That's right. Yeah. Which That's is right. what they, the they media had a faction, does. They had a faction going, a, a group. Well, That's, they're like, you're the son of God, but you're not acting like we think the son of God should act, That's right. which is a media marketing ploy. That's right. You, this is the story. Now let's see how you act. Nope. You're not acting right. You're not with us. You're out. Yep. We hate you. 
Not really, but sort of. <laughs> that, that's, that's how it goes. Then the yeah. other side pushes back and says, well, we sang this song and you didn't respond the right way, so we don't like you anymore. The choosing of sides is an ancient thing. The choosing of sides. That's really what it's about. It really is. I mean, it goes back to when I was in the third grade, and we're all like, who's going to play with who? And you're, but John had and it you, right. You don't get picked. And guess what? I don't like this guy <laughs> who just picked somebody else. But John had it right during his conversion story when he said, uh, it's all about loving God and loving your neighbor. Just love God and love your neighbor. You'll be okay. And you look at that, you say, you know what? It is profound, but it is true. Well, Phil, as long as your neighbor agrees with you. Yeah, I ask people all the time, I said, do you see a downside to human beings who love God and love their neighbor? What's the downside? Uh, I was talking to Corona about that, and he was like, there is no downside to that. I said, well, I asked that same question to a guy, and he said, I, the problem I have with loving my neighbors, I don't like him. Yeah, well, there, <laughs> you, like, there you go. Do what? He's like, I would love him, but I don't like him. Yeah. So He hasn't gotten into the love stage yet. But I've always said through the years, and, and a lot of people disagree with me, that God didn't command you to like everybody. There's yeah. a lot of unlikable people, but you know what? I love them anyway. Hey, I, my yeah. wife has told me on numerous occasions, I do not like you right now. <laughs> I love you, but I do not like you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> Dad's famous one now. He's got the person, I don't like you. You yeah. know, it's a, it's, yeah, his some guy, one, he wrote, he said, I just one have, social I have one, media one experience. He said, I have one statement about Phil Robinson, Mr. Robinson. I strongly dislike you. <laughs> Phil, was, Phil looked at social media one, one time, time, and that was his experience. Now, there were 100 positives, yeah. but there was one guy that said, I don't like you. And he's like, I can't. So, Phil, you can't imagine because every day people wake up, whether it's a real person or not, because now we're into this. Mm. And we got the bots now. Oh, yeah. it's, it's the same people that I do battle with on the stock market. It's, it's robots. Yeah algorithms and yeah. so it's kind of tricky but if you're basing your self-worth on what people say mm. who are maybe not even real people what's sad is our teenagers and our young people yeah. you know if you have enough people who are not even people saying they don't like you or you're fat and ugly or whatever and now this person goes and kills himself because yeah. they think people don't like me and it wasn't even a real person Mm, saying this strictly meant to divide so it's it's, 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 it's a, a challenge myth. all yeah. i can say john is welcome aboard my man <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> welcome right. aboard. well and i think it's it's kind of what we've been describing in this whole you know outline in romans that's why i wanted john to be on the podcast today is because this is for everybody and and there's a lot of people i know that are listening and watching and they've been felt they feel like they're moving but they're just Maybe they're right there where they're just like finally ready to make that personal commitment to Christ. And that's what it takes. And and you did the same thing. And, and you, you have to reach out to him to be able to do that. We're simply conduits of what the Bible tells us has been done for us. And so there's nothing special about the three of us. We're just guys who found Christ. Yeah. I mean, I found him in a pig pen in New Orleans, you know, and from that point forward, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do what he calls me to do. And so, I, yep. I say that at the close of every one of my speeches because once I, I introduce Jesus, of course, uh, my show goes well because people's expectations are so low because they only know one <laughs> little part of my personality, the goofy side, which I do have, that was shown on the television and, and embellished in Duck Dynasty. So they're like, they come to an event, they're like, boy, this is going to be good. <laughs> I roll, but they come because they people like to laugh. I like to have a good time, and then it's a withering ninety minute. I mean, a ninety percent introduction of Jesus, ten percent funnies and stories, and then I get to the end. I'm like, it's not about me. Yeah. We don't care about this show because I'm doing that because I don't want to walk off stage and then somebody say, hey. Remember that episode? That, how many donuts did Sai actually eat? And so I'm like, I, I'm not, I don't care about that, and I can't remember. But mm. now, if you want to have a, a meaningful life, if you want to have an eternal life, I know who the person is that can offer that, and it's Jesus. Which, what's funny, 
is I then encourage them to read the book of John and ask yourself, you know, who is Jesus to me? You know, I'm not asking you to go to church or, you know, have this in the moment, you know, moment, because sometimes it doesn't work for people. But right. go take a look at Jesus and see what you think. But it always happens. So, you know, everybody cheers and, oh, yeah, let's celebrate Jesus. And then as soon as I go off, it's like, hey, man, there was an episode. <laughs> it, uh, did you not just hear what I said? It's We've moved on. It's yeah. not about that, that yeah. spark and joy that you were drawn to in the show was actually not us, but it's the Holy Spirit of God. And you should be asking more meaningful questions. It was to build a platform to do what we're doing now. There's no doubt about it. So my wife, whenever somebody says, can Al, is he pretty good at like fixing stuff or can he put this together? She always, to, to be honoring of me, she always says, you know, he's really good with the Bible. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. She, tell. Didn't, she didn't yeah. have to say right. yeah. he's terrible at everything else because I am. That's why I have to. Have I a need lot to of tell when well, you need to tell your wife to tell my wife because she's still in the no. He's don't, you if you want something worse than when it started, ask Jace to fix That's that. Right. See, she leaves that part utterly destroy it. That's what so. she said. He's pretty good with a text, but after that, not so yeah. much. So I think that's what we all do. But anyway, John, we're glad you uh, glad to. You opened your eyes to the Almighty, and uh, and we were able to be a part of that process, which was a blessing. Yeah, well, it's stuff. it's been a blessing to me, and and you know, of course, the podcasts are you know a big part of of, of my diet, and and I know they're important to an awful lot of people, and for good reason. Yeah. So spiritual food, dude. See you in heaven. Yes, sir. Southeast corner. That's where I'm going to be. I'm more comfortable there. I was thinking northwest because when a northwest wind comes, it brings the ducks. Mm. But southeast is okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.